0: This is the part of the morning where um, we do the land acknowledgement. And I was reading something really interesting last week about land acknowledgements. And you'll know whether you've been talking again for to church that land acknowledgements have been a very I- normal part of the feeling of any gathering. And um, I read this very interesting last book um, about uh, why land acknowledgements are a problem. And I went, oh, well, the matter it was very handy. But actually, it wasn't that. It was basically saying that can be quite rote. They can become script. They can become something that's not really got very much meaning behind it. And certainly here at the bridge, that's the very last thing that we want to have happen when we do any land acknowledgement. Um They can be quite superficial or performative. Um And I, rem- I remember reading in the article, it was talking about how quite often land acknowledgement can be talked about as something that happened in the past, but of course we need to own it here in the present. So just as I uh, say the few words um, here about the land acknowledgement, I I just want to let you know that even if I trip over my own words, they are deeply heartfelt um, and I am very, very Uh thankful that we are gathered on the Semi, Amu, Stolo and Kwantlen people's land. And I'm really sorry for the story of how it came to be about. Um, Although Sarah is on sabbatical this month, for those of you that don't know, she hasn't stopped contributing. um, And this morning she wrote a prayer. Because how does one address all that's going on in the news? Um, If I start talking, I just get too emotional. There's just too many hard things happening in our world. Um, but she did write a prayer this morning, which I want to share with you, because actually, like, where, how do we put words to all that's going on? Um, the Bible verse that it's focused on is, "I wait in stillness for the Lord, and in God's word do I hope." More than those which, for morning light, us from lives lived in terror, released. Release for all held hostage. Cease fire in every land. Safety for all of our children now. Our sister's blood cries out from the ground. Our brother's blood cries out from the ground. Lord, have mercy. So that is my prayer. That is our prayer for this morning that we say thank you, Father, for the day that we have for the lives that we have and for this moment to gather together as a family please uh find your places again and i will pray for philip thanks everybody okay Just for those of you uh, to be reminded that if you've got any questions during the, um, during our our time here when Philip Brink talks to us, um, you know, just save those questions because there will be a chance for question and responses at the end. So, yeah, if you've got any questions, just keep hold of those. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) So, Father, just thank you for this time of being together as a, a family. And I thank you for Philip. And I thank you that you are definitely multitasking this morning, Philip. So thank you for sharing your gifts with us. (laughs) And I pray, Father, that for all that Philip has prepared, that you will breathe your life into all the words. And Lord, you'll just highlight them in our hearts so that we may understand what it is you're trying to show us this morning. Amen.
1: good morning again um, this is a in some ways a bit of an awkward uh, share preach whatever you want to call it talk to I'm not I'm not talking to you we're talking together but uh, this these set of passages were kind of laid out uh, given to me to just kind of ponder quite some time ago and uh, in the light of some recent world developments uh, not a development really it's been ongoing for a long time in, in the middle east it just it just uh yeah it just brings up this very very old a very old problem a very old problem um so i'm gonna read the i'm gonna actually read all four of them i usually Usually, people end up choosing like one, the one they feel most comfortable with, and uh, then we'll go with that one. But I'm going to read all four just because uh, it kind of it's a bit of shock value, I guess, for uh, for all of us. So I'm going to start with uh, Second Samuel, and uh, using the translation uh, from the Doctor Gaffney um, from the lectionary. Now there was a famine in the days of David for three years, <clears throat> year after year, and David sought the presence of the most high. The whole ones killed on Saul and his house because he put the Gibeonites to death. So, end of quote. So the king summoned the Gibeonites and spoke to them. Now the Gibeonites were not of the Israelites, they were the remnant of the Amorites. The Israelites had sworn to spare them, yet Saul sought to destroy them in his zeal for the Israelites and Judah. David said to the Gibeonites, there's a lot of ites. What shall I do for you and how shall I atone? So this is David. That you all may bless the heritage of the Holy One of old. How do we make this right? The Gibeonites said to them, we will take no silver or gold, of Saul or of his house. And there is no one for us to put to death in Israel. Someone must pay. Someone has to die. Okay. What do you say that I should do for you all? They said to the king, the man who finished us off and intended to destroy us, that we would not be able to stand in all the territory of Israel. Let seven men from his sons be handed over to us and we will hang them or impale them, whatever language you want to use, before the dread God at Gibeah of Saul on the mountain of the living God. The king I myself will will give them. David gave them, I'm just going to move a little ahead there. David gave them into the hands of the Gibeonites, and they hung them on the mountain before the creator of all, and they fell, all seven of them. So that is the the ancient message. The what we call sacred violence. Um, Psalm eight ninety four. The God of vengeance, dread God, God of vengeance, shine forth. Rise up, judge of the earth. Repay recompense on the proud. How long shall the wicked, just one, how long will the wicked exult? They gush, they speak, arrogance. All the workers of iniquity boast. Your people, they crush. Faithful one, and your heritage, they abuse. So we've got this, again, this uh, David or whoever was the writer there this idea um, that the way we deal with this problem of, uh, of pain and suffering and poverty and injustice is for God to come with vengeance and to destroy our enemies. Um, and it's a conundrum. And so you can imagine a fellow named, from what we read in our historical accounts, a man named Saul, who changes his name. Saul. Second, I'm just looking for this. Did I put it? i got so many notes. Uh, There we are. If anyone else thinks to put confidence in the flesh, I can do some more. I'll read the other two yet. Circumcised on the eighth day from the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born from Hebrews, according to the law, a Pharisee, according to zeal, persecuting the church according to the righteousness of God in the law, being blameless. Because righteousness is attained, at least Saul felt, to attain this kind of righteousness, true righteousness, is to destroy those who are opposing the God that Saul knew and understood. But whatever these things were gain to me these things I have considered loss because of Christ. More than that, even I even consider all things, all things to be loss. Because of the surpassing greatness of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for the sake of whom I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them dung. In order that I may gain Christ and may be found in him and having my righteousness, this righteousness, which is from uh w- which is through christ's faithfulness, the righteousness from God on the basis of his faithfulness, so it's like we have this great paradox um <laughs> and how we read scripture too it's uh, this this arc. And I think if there's one thing about uh, Thomas Merton once said, "Our idea of God tells us more about ourselves than about him." So the Bible is not just the Bible answer man. the bible is is messy in this way. what it's doing, what we're seeing in this great historical arc of perspectives is this who is God and what is God like and what does God do this God when things go wrong and how would I deal with it if things go wrong so if there's if there's if, it, it seems like Paul now Saul now Paul is like has this moment where in his zeal for righteousness in his zeal to to exhibit what i mean he's he knows these passages from the the torah he you, you can't blame saul at all can you really like this if this is the god that needs blood that needs payment then saul is is on the right path and of course the, one of the most profound stories is he's uh, in that madness is what we would call it now he is light is revealed to him. And, and, and it's like the kind of light. So it's not, it's not more darkness. It's not more death. In other words, a lightning bolt didn't strike Saul. And, and well, there's another death. No, it was literally the light of God, the love of God that appears. And it's, it's like, if there's one thing that we can all count on is that we've all gotten it wrong everybody's gotten it wrong everybody david gets it wrong i mean you know god of vengeance dread god god of vengeance shine forth now you, th- th- this is an interesting thing because we see later on um in first chronicles where david summons all the officials of israel for an assembly this is this is about david getting it wrong again but he's trying, right? We're all, we're, we're on this, this ark, And so he's assembled all the officers over the tribes, the commanders, the divisions in the service of the king, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds and the officials in charge of all the property and livestock belonging to his kings and sons. He gathers them all. And this is what he says. First Chronicles uh, 28. Listen to me, my brothers and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house as a place of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, for the footstool of our God, and I made plans to build it. But God said to me, you will not build a house for my name. You will not build a house for my name because you are a man of war and you have shed blood. So this is the man after the heart. Have we not heard that. David you know, has the heart of God, a man after his own heart. And, and it's like, you will not build a house for me. You don't know me because you are a man, a violent man. So do you see like scr- the, the scripture truth here is not about okay well which is it zero or one no there's there's right there's wrong there's right there's wrong and the truth in it is not so much about well what's true now is david this or is david that it's more like there's there it's not omitting confusion it's not omitting uh the not knowing and knowing and not knowing and experience you know like you you see this also with the prophets you know this deep desire to see justice roll, you know justice and mercy kiss. It seems like, you know, there are these moments where it's like, oh, maybe, maybe it's not like that. Maybe it's like this. Um, so, we, we we you've often heard it said uh, that the Bible or the texts are they're in travail, right? They're in travail. They're also subversive. Travail means it's it's not just. Just give me the answers, tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Um, I think that's the, for me, what makes this, you know, especially the first, we call the first five books, the Torah, just profound is not so much about we fight potentially over historical accuracy or science when actually the truth is more about this is what we're like a little bit. This is what we do to each other. And this is how we try, you know, Cain and Abel, and the list the thing just keeps going on and on. and, and, and we're trying to' it's, it's a way of understanding some of our madness, and in that place, light keeps showing up. And of course, when we move closer to a revelation of light that that comes in physical form it takes everybody quite frankly by surprise you can imagine how is this possible that the dread god is now manifested in this man who is running around with god knows who and what and and th- this is just deplorable this is unthinkable this is not and you can imagine saul and his zeal going the sorry sorry folks but my conscience tells me i need to, we need to this needs to be uh, removed violently, as has been done in the past. Um, let's move to the other two lectionary passages, First Timothy, Chapter One, from the message Eugene, thank you. I'm so grateful to Christ, Jesus, for making me adequate to do this work. He went out on a limb, you know, entrusting me with this ministry. The only credentials I brought to it were violence and witch hunts and arrogance. That's what I brought. (laughs) But I was treated mercifully because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know who I was doing it against. Grace mixed with faith and love poured over me and into me all because of Jesus. Here's a word you can take to heart and depend on. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. I'm proof, public sinner number one, of someone who could never have made it apart from sheer mercy. And now he shows me off evidence of his endless patience to those who are right on the edge of trusting him forever. I really like um, the... uh, Just a moment. Ever so gently, uh, Brian, this is a 20-year-old plus song. But again, your gentleness. uh, If I turn away from your heart, try to hide in my shame, you speak truth in love's patient way. Your gentleness breaks me. Um, So these paradoxes... uh, who else gets it wrong? I'm going to say Job's Job's friends get it wrong. Like 42 chapters in. And, you know, like we preach of those 40 chapters. Duh, 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 because it's God's word, apparently. And then in four, chapter 42, God says, hey, everything you've said of me is wrong. Sorry. And so, again, we're like, we're, we're, we're so intent on trying to just speak in our intent to try to speak truth, sometimes we're, we're we're speaking untruth because we're not actually seeing the point of this, the trajectory of this. Um, so if we can trust this idea that we're just, part of getting it right is getting it wrong, right? Like that's been my story. I got it wrong and that I got right. I got that part right because I got it wrong. And that is that's a humble path i can't be arrogant anymore like it's like paul like dude i'm the pu- public sinner number one like he's he's saying i got it wrong but i was right it was it's all in the text you know jesus would say you've heard it said as in the torah has said just in plain english you've heard it said he's quoting from the torah he says an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth but Actually, what we are actually saying is this. Um, so here's this moment, speaking of the uh, the, the possibility for sacred violence to uh, to become part of Jesus's story. Um, you can imagine the disciples. I mean, they've been trained in the ways they 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 as young kids boys they've been taught about god's righteousness and his what righteousness looks like and so we have this moment this story in the garden of gethsemane and the uh everybody's showing up clubs and swords because jesus is a dangerous man apparently with with literally nothing but just his, what he's wearing you can imagine just the, the the insanity of it the insanity of it um interesting there's four accounts of this uh john matthew and uh matthew john one other one but in luke it's like there's 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 uh there's things that are said in luke that are not said in the other three again speaking of okay well who's right who's accurate for me, it's just more like this is what he understood. This is what the perspective that he saw. But to me, it was profound because here's this moment where where the disciples, perhaps Peter, I'm going to say, is like, this is, this is our time. This is it. Right, Jesus? I mean, it's been great what you've been doing. You've been, you know, on our side. We, uh, you know, just the... the the people talking about just the the empire versus the poor. And so, thank you, Jesus. But now, now that this is happening, is it time? Because this is the end goal, is it not? And so what does Peter do? When those around him saw what was coming, they asked, Lord, shall we strike with the sword once again? And in Luke, we read, then one of them struck the slave of the high priest. The other accounts say Peter and cut off his right ear. And Jesus says this, no more of this. No more. And then he touched his ear and healed him, yeah that's there's not much else to say, so I just feel like in that moment, obviously he's hanging on the cross and he says, Father, release them, but to me, that's like that's it right there that's it's done. We're not doing this anymore. Because it's it's never worked. And it's not going to work tonight either. And I'm going to heal my enemy, in fact. Not only are we not going to do this, I'm going to heal my enemies. And this is how we're going to deal with the problem of the other. And this is what righteousness looks like. And I'm going to lose my life because of it. It was absolutely stinking revolutionary. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um. So I just want to see if there's anything else I want to. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm a guy who him and his wife, we had at our place once for a few days. Love these people. His, his name is Andre and Marianne Rabe. They're from South Africa. And uh, he's he's kind of like a theologian guy, uh, very much into mimetic theory. Uh, loved the, Rene Girard's work. Has anybody ever heard of him? But it's just this whole idea of understanding our our history as people and why we do what we do and why we're violent to with each other sometimes. Um, so i want to just read something he a small thing he said here what caused one of the most zealous religious persons to renounce his religion and change the course of human history paul suddenly realized that what he considered to be sacred violence violence sanctioned by god was nothing but his own violence directed against god paul suddenly realized that what he considered to be sacred violence violence sanctioned by god was nothing i counted as dung horse manure but his own violence directed against god his zeal if you can identify a justification for violence within your religion whether you consider yourself muslim or Christian, Hindu, or Buddhist. It's time to renounce your religion and meet the Prince of Peace. I'm going to read the last because I said I would read all four. Matthew 5. The law of Moses says, if a man gouges out another's eye, he must pay with his own eye. If a tooth gets knocked out, knock out the tooth of the one who did it. But I say don't resist violence. If you are slapped on one cheek, turn the other too. If you are ordered to court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If the military demand that you carry their gear for a mile, which was required back then, we'll carry it too, because that was not required. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Like I said, I said, I'd read all four. Um, So again, um, the Prince of Peace. So this hope of the nations, uh, the idea that uh, there's a new way. So here we are again in a, It's 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 emotionally very challenging for all of us. It it weighs very heavy. So, I feel like love. The way love works is it's it just has to. It's small. It's hidden. It's incremental. But we can all be part of this greater arc. So, um, I maybe I'm just gonna pray for a moment. Um, loving God, creator of all. Rich or poor, ashamed or proud, all of us, all humanity was born from your heart. whether we are master, slave, beggar, or child, with our hands either set to take or give life, all of humanity is born from the heart of God. There is one God, father and mother of us all. And in the son, we see him just as he is and just as we are. God, that we would just um, receive the truth that we are all one, And just how that might work itself out in practical terms, just in our, with our kids, with our enemies, with our coworkers. All of humanity was born from the heart of God. Amen.
0: Thank you, um, everybody, for all your contributions. Thank you for all your responses. Please hang around. Philip would love to talk more to you. Um, I'm sorry we ran out of time a bit there. Um, but just before we go into the song, I'm going to read a benediction to you that's very familiar. Um, I'm going to read it twice. The first time it's fast. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you his peace this time i'll read it through and maybe you can just let your mind wander to all the things we've talked about this morning for people other than ourselves the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you his peace